I always kind of wondered what it would feel like to be a fan of one of the super teams in pro sports, whether that's the 73-win Warriors, that 2018-2019 Lightning team that lit it up during the regular season. We don't have to talk about the postseason for that team. Uh, oh, maybe the 27 Yankees. 2015 I, Blue Jays. Tw well, yeah, second half, 2015 Blue Jays. So, yeah, I know a small sample what it feels like, but over the course of an entire season, I thought, eh, man, maybe that would get boring. Maybe that would get monotonous. Maybe you'd get sick of it. You'd be like, ah, somebody test this team. Nah, it's pretty sweet. <laughs> That's what the Leafs are this season. They are the juggernaut of this division. And yeah, okay, you can talk about how they compare to the rest of the NHL. But in this division, they are the Warriors. They're the 73-win Warriors, the 2018-2019 the Lightning. In fact, they have a better uh, regulation winning percentage than that team. And they proved it yet again against one of the so-called challengers time and time again. 2015 Blue Jays went 21-6 and in August. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that's... What did you say the winning percentage of the Leafs was this through this 20 games? Regulation winning percentage of almost 74%. Yeah, so regulation or the winning percentage of that Blue Jays team was like 78%. Uh, the second half, you mean, or the last? No, month? during August. During yes, August, okay. when they played twenty-one month. games. Yeah, mm -hmm. pretty much one. But it's twenty-one games. Right. Almost <laughs> the same as the Jays or the the Leafs. These these are the closest two things that we have. Is what I'm saying in Toronto, where stretches where it's just like unbelievably dominant. Raptors have had some. What was it? Eleven game winning streak last year was fun, but yeah. it it also was not quite this, where you just felt like I think it was Marco Estrada who came on our show. Maybe a year or two ago, because we've had Marco on a few times. He's a great dude. And he said the quote of, we thought we were going to win every night. Mm -hmm. So did we. That Blue Jays team in 2015 is, yes, now how I feel about this Leafs team. I guess the difference was the Blue Jays were playing the Yankees. Uh -huh. <laughs> that, yeah. that happened to actually be one of the games they lost. I remember being at where Carlos Beltran ruined my night because mm. of that Yankees fan sitting behind me who... I just thought I was going to be able to give it to at some point, mm -hmm. and I waited all game, and only for him to be the one giving it to me was not good. <laughs> I hated it. I still remember his face. Like, that's how much I, I hated it. And uh, I just – I don't – actually, can't, I can't even talk about it. I can't even talk about it. It's still – it's too soon. Maybe someday. Maybe when I write my book someday. Um, the Oilers are the next best team, quote-unquote, in the division, and – They've given up 17 more goals than the Maple Leafs. Yeah. Part of this is Toronto is getting ridiculous goaltending right now, right? Like Jack Campbell steps in out of an injury, gets a shutout. Michael Hutchinson, I, there were stretches where he didn't have to do a lot, but there were also stretches where he Dude. made like, what, five or six saves in that game that were awesome? They're, so this team is obviously playing a lot better defensively. Mm -hmm. They're not allowing as much in mm -hmm. the overall totality. That was a well-earned shutout from Michael Hodgson, yep. who stopped Connor McDavid on an end-to-end -end rush in the, the first period. Like, he had to make a bunch of high-quality saves. And did you think that Michael Hutchison, through four starts the season, would have a 943 save percentage? I didn't. No. Well, and it, it goes to... There were a couple of seasons... Well, not a couple. Every season that we've seen with the Leafs, other than when they got Curtis McElhaney, where Kyle Dubas was criticized for not addressing the backup position and trying to patch it together or making the wrong assessment in certain guys. We have seen it where it's been dudes who haven't even laced them up for the Leafs and the Michael Neuvers, who 
quote unquote, mm. we're not up for it. Are one of our favorite not quotes. Up for it. Yeah. Oh yeah, brings yeah. me back. One of the all-time could have been Leafs. He's right there right. with Olaf Kolzig. Right. That's a great goaltending tandem on the non-existent Leafs. And we have seen backups or people that have gotten starts, like who could forget Antoine Bibo or Casimir Kaskasuo. It was, uh, it was a nightmare the last couple of years, man. And it was the Leafs, every time you showed the statistics, it was always, these are their stats, and then this is the record when backups are in. And if they could only get a few backup points here or there, it would mean a huge difference in the standings. You're seeing that in part this year, that the backup goaltending has been spectacular. Hutchinson's been great. You said it. What is it, 924 save? No, it's... uh, 926? no, 943. Here are the, here are the oh, numbers. Oh, sorry. The it's, it's 926. It's 926 for Jack Campbell. Yeah, here's the combined save percentage of Toronto Maple Leafs backup goaltenders this season. Mm-hmm. 946 save percentage, 6-1-0 and record. Yeah. And the one yeah. loss was a 3 nothing loss to the Calgary Flames. Right. Where David Riddick had to play one of yep. the best games that's been played in the North Division by anyone this season. So... Mm-hmm. It's, a hu- it's been a huge difference that they finally have backup goaltending and that Michael Hutchinson's actually been a breakthrough player. And I'm not sure that he is ever going to be coveted by another team, but it would be interesting if they ever got healthy, if Toronto would move off of him given anything, like if there was even any type of price point that someone was willing to offer. Like I'm looking at the Oilers last night where they just they can't get a save. And Elliot did a, a nice highlighting during one of the breaks of – the teams that haven't been able to get one, right? The teams that in the North Division that just have not been able to get goaltending. Montreal has suffered it for a while. Calgary had some stuff with it. Uh, obviously, Vancouver, Ottawa during the beginning of the year, and now Edmonton. But I started looking at the Oilers just the next couple of years. Like, man, there is... Whew, that Shirelli stuff, you look back on it now, it's so much worse. But the fact that he was able to give Koskinen a three-year contract a day or two, remember, before he was fired, giving him $13.5 million over three years, $4.5 million a year. He's paid that next year as well. There's some other contracts on the books for the Oilers. They have to pay, I think, James Neal and Koskinen almost $10 million next year. Those two guys combined. They've got unrestricted free agents in Larson and Ryan Nugent Hopkins, who they're going to have to take care of. And then money on the books for those two bad players. It's just, it's, it's not going to get a lot easier for the Oilers. They're going to have a lot to figure out. But I did think of them last night during the game because Freddie Anderson's an unrestricted free agent. And when we play this game of, well, what if you can get Anderson for cheap? And what if, what is Anderson going to cost? And if you can get him on a short-term deal and all this stuff, do you know what Oilers fans would have done for Anderson over the last couple of years? What they would, it, it just, again, perspective matters. And what they have in net is capital B brutal and they obviously will be in the market to improve that fast of their team next year even if it comes at the expense of something else because they cannot uh, go back into it with that and I just don't I don't see the scenario where that Oilers team makes a deep playoff run with those two guys in net like Mike Smith used to be awesome but now he's old and he's just not the same guy you know what he can do 
He can beat the mm-hmm. Calgary Flames, he can beat the Vancouver Canucks, and he can beat the Ottawa Senators, as this team can do. Their yeah. record against the upper echelon, most notably the Leafs, and I know they went into this three-game series, two and two against the Leafs, but there's a clear divide between the two teams. But you're right, and it's maybe you can get away with goaltending that's porous like that if you play a different style of game. But look at the blue mm-hmm. line of that of that Oilers team, right? It's just clearly not capable of, of, of playing... Uh, that type of defense, despite the guy that is going to join us later on the show, Darnell Nurse, having a great year. I was going to say, I want Darnell Nurse to join the show. I actually think the Oilers, I, I actually think their their blue line has been good this year. I, I like, I actually kind of like the Oilers team. I think they're fine. It's just that their goaltending is a fatal flaw, and I don't trust it over the course of a playoff series. And that's why still to me, okay, so let's just get into it. Because, yeah, you said it. This feels great. The Leafs are dominating. They're just absolutely, they're beating the wheels off of these teams. And now it's every single one of them except for the Jets, where they've basically embarrassed at this point, right? Well, they, they, they've they proven that they're better. Sixty against the Jets. The Jets was yeah. the first full sixty that they. Played. I know, but the, they was the first full sixty. But it's only the one game that they've done it, and the Jets didn't have Pierre Luc Dubois. They had all the line A drama going on. The Jets get a mulligan for that game. Like they have, I think, still eight games coming up against the Jets, and the Jets are now, to me, the closest team to them in the standings because it's like they've only played 21 games and they've got one less point than the Oilers, and they've got the most games in hand on the Leafs, where it's, hey, they can actually make up ground because they play each other in the schedule. Okay, so let's hold out hope that the Winnipeg Jets can make this division interesting. (laughs) Are we hoping for that? Well, we have to because otherwise it's over. If you don't think that the Jets have a chance of beating is. the Leafs, well, then it is. And and here's – so it's two things can be true, man. The Leafs are one of the best versions of themselves we've ever seen. I, right. I believe that. I believe they are good. I do not think that if they were put into a different division, if we all of a sudden said, hey, the Leafs have to go to the Central and they're in there with the Panthers and the Lightning and the Hurricanes, that – they would just be scrapping and clawing for points and they wouldn't know what to do with themselves and they wouldn't just be, you know, routinely whooping the Blackhawks and the Blue Jacks. There's a lot of bad teams in hockey this year, right? Like, it, I'm barely paying attention to them because who cares? But when you watch some of these games, you notice that there's a lot of bad teams out there. Like, uh, the Penguins are not good. The Flyers, who are supposed to be a lot better, not that good. Like, I'm just thinking randomly of off the top of my head of kind of who's not met expectations this season. The Leafs are wildly outplaying theirs. Even in the re- reality where we knew they were going to be the best team in this division, when we said the Leafs are going to be favored every night potentially, I don't think we thought they'd be favored in games where they have Michael Hutchinson in that and they're no, playing a desperate either. Oilers team who they just beat, Right. We, we didn't think that, and that's the scenario that we see ourselves in right now. So Leafs are good, but also North Division, as we outlined yesterday with Bourne, if they beat the Oilers again, that the drumbeat was going to get louder on this story, that the North Division is doo-doo, baby. There are no good teams here. There are no teams that are challenging the Toronto Maple Leafs. There are no teams that look even close to being on their level. Connor McDavid is great. You get his end-to-end rushes during a game, that's awesome. Rest of the Oilers team, yeah, no chance. They didn't have Austin Matthews, and they're on their third-string goalie, and they still won that game with relative ease. And, yep, the third-stringer had to make some big saves, but that's just also hockey, so move it along. The Montreal Canadiens have already fired their coach, 
and their goaltender is not looking like he's going to rebound anytime soon. They've lost five in a row. The Calgary Flames just lost to the Senators again. Turns out that maybe the Flames, Canucks, and Senators are all the same team. Mm-hmm. Turns out the Flames might be real bad. Might be real bad. Minus 11 goal differential for them right now. Leafs are plus 26. Plus 26. They've won three straight. They just win, win, win all season long. Like, it's kind of almost getting, it's not boring because I do enjoy watching the Leafs win and I do enjoy talking trash with my friends and all of this stuff. And they are supposed to be at a more competitive place than these groups. But the gap just feels so massive. Like, it honestly has been free money to a certain extent, betting on them every night, saying, whatever, I'll just bet the Leafs to win. Well, yeah, they've won 17 times and they've only lost six. So not the worst way to spend your cash. No, this this is why I started this way off the top of the show, that I, I'm not where you are, and I don't know if you said it explicitly, that you're bored by this, because I'm not. Like, I I'm not bored by this. I want to see them Buddy. run it up. I've watched Leafs lose my whole life. Right. This is a <laughs> nice nothing... little oasis. Yeah, I am not being uh, – There's no. I'm never going to cry about the Leafs okay. winning hockey games. They could be like, hey, turns out uh, all the rest of the NHL had to fold and we're bringing in the AHL this season and the, the Marlies players are actually still part of the Leafs and uh, they get to play the Manitoba Moose tonight, but that's the best we got. And Leafs would be up 8 nothing, and I'd be like, woo! Manitoba, eat it! <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> so I don't care. I don't care. That's your fault I'm that your team you. stink. But they do. Their I team stink. I agree. Yes, yeah. I agree, and I'm enjoying it. And there will not come a point in the season, even with like a 30-point lead going into the final week of the season, that I won't be enjoying watching them put the screws to the rest of this division. And, no, does it necessarily portend or um, – foreshadow positive things in the postseason I think in this division it probably should but once you get outside of that it's a different deal and that's a different story but I think already we're seeing the way Sheldon Keefe is addressing his team with you know another full 60 minute game on Saturday and we heard reports that the Sunday practice was one of the most uh, disciplined and he was very vocal like this is already starting to happen that that he's 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 trying to preach in-game Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just sticking with the game plan, even though the, the, this team is so far out and ahead of the standings and every team is a clearly rung or two below them in quality. Mm-hmm. It's already happening. Two things. The Leafs have already proven, regardless what happens, I think, against the Jets, that if they don't get out of the North Division portion of the postseason, that the year is a massive disappointment. Mm-hmm. There's no, oh, well, this goalie got hot or whatever. No, no, it's bad. It's really, really bad. They absolutely need to win two playoff series this year. It's not the one like it would have been in years past. It's no. a different level of expectation because, again, these teams stink. Maybe somebody gets hot, and it, we're talking a little bit differently at that time, but still, the expectation is pretty clear. They're just a better team, plus they're going to try and add somebody. They're going to maybe hopefully be healthier, right? Like. It's just it's it's difficult to envision them not being a better team come playoff time than this version right now. I don't really buy the complacency story yet. I just think that this team hasn't proven anything and that they know it and that them beating the Ottawa Senators a bunch of times and the Oilers a bunch of times is not the goal. And that's why you brought in the Joe Thorntons, and that's why you brought in the Wayne Simmons and the TJ Brodies, because those guys came here to win. 
And those guys don't didn't come here to beat up on some crappy Canadian teams. That's not the goal. The goal is to win. And probably more importantly than any of it, I know I know John Tavares wears the C, and I don't think that that guy ever takes a night off. We both call him the hockey robot. We believe he cares infinitely about winning and competing every night. But the ownership that Matthews and Marner specifically have taken over this team this year leads me to believe that they feel that pressure as well, and they have now gone up a level in understanding of the, the parameters of a season. That they know that whatever that a playoff loss is not good enough. They know that habits in the regular season need to change. They are the maturity that we were searching for all that time when Keith came aboard and talked about how they didn't have it some nights, the inconsistencies. That it was always going to start with the core pieces and they have they have grasped that this year. And even with William Nylander who can be the the guy that makes you leaves you wanting the most out of the group, he's been spectacular the last few games and he's been called out by his head coach and he's been a story and and since he has since he's been one, he's looked a lot more engaged. And maybe this is actually what you're gonna get with a little bit more consistency right now. So I just don't believe the complacency thing. Then the last part is, okay, so let's say the Leafs get out of the next two rounds, or let's get out the, the Leafs get out of two rounds with the North Division. They beat the Canadians, I think they'd be supposed to face right now, and then they beat the Oilers. Let's just say it. So then they get into the Eastern Conference Finals. Do we really believe they're going to get embarrassed? Do you really think that this team that you're watching right now is going to get embarrassed by anyone? That they're going to show up, they're going to face someone else. Do I I would love to see them play the Lightning at this point, right? Like the North Division has been fun, we've enjoyed it immensely, but yeah, I think we can all just admit that as great as it's been, having a night where you face the Bruins and it feels a little bit bigger or the Capitals or the Golden Knights or uh the Lightning that that would be a welcomed thing right now for them to measure themselves against. But this is hockey. The good teams, that, that when you see good teams play, it's hard to envision them going up and showing up and looking like they're going to be in different leagues. I don't believe that they face the Lightning in a playoff series that they would lose in four games or five games. It would probably be a seven-game series, a like, knock-em-out, drag-em-out series where goaltending well, tips the scale or a timely goal. Like, that's playoff hockey. What, what, how many of these have we needed to watch to understand that? You know how I know that? It's because there's been a couple of vastly inferior teams to this Leafs team that have done that in the first round against right. Boston Bruins and the Washington yeah. Capitals. They took the Capitals right. in six games and five of the six Great games point. were overtime. Like, what are we talking about? Yeah. yeah, of course. Of course that's the case. I think the thing that's most heartening um, is that the Leafs are actually getting better. Like, they, they mm-hmm. started the season racking up wins and they look good and we wondered, oh, how mm-hmm. much of this is real and hey, the some of the underlying stats are good but not great. Are Are they this dominant team I don't know if they were then. They are now, and especially the last three games. And you can basically put it down to William Nylander talking about grinding out that 2-1 overtime win against the Flames, talking about that's the type of game you have to play in the postseason. How many chances did the Oilers have in the third period yesterday? Because, yeah, we mentioned it. Hutchison had to be good in that first period. There were a couple of really nice saves that he had to make. The Oilers... Still understood that was Michael Hutchison and Nett. Do you think they gave up on the game with 20 minutes left and Connor McDavid? Absolutely not. That was maybe their least impressive offensive period, the Oilers. The way the Leafs have shut it down, the way they have 
taken away the events when they've taken the lead the last three games has been the most impressive part, I would say, of this recent run. Yeah, I just, I, I don't, I, I think that there's a case for, hey, the Leafs' record is inflated because of the division, duh, but I don't think there's really a case for the Leafs aren't very good. If you say the Leafs aren't as good as you think they are, oh, fine, I'll accept yeah. that. And you can sure. tell me that you're watching the Central every night and you believe the Panthers' record is more legitimate. I, like, I don't particularly care, but sure, you can say that. It's fine. Um, they played between Carolina before the Leafs game. No, that's cool. And, yeah, do I think the Lightning are probably still the best team in hockey? Yeah. Like, do I think the Golden Knights are the, still the class of hockey? Yeah. Like, but I, I just don't think that the Leafs are worlds apart from those teams right now. No, they're in And the, I think if the Leafs play those – yeah, that, that, exactly, that they're with those teams. They're not outside – they're not on the outside looking in from the, those groups. So, yeah, the Leafs have been spectacular. It's hilarious because – uh, I don't know what to complain about now. I thought about trying to do a segment or build out a segment where Ooh. we joke and we we laugh about Dude, the things that this. you could complain about as a Leafs fan. You know what? I, it was one of my mm. most favorite segments I ever did. It was during the run in 2015 after the, the deadline in which I did open the phone lines and said, try and complain about this Blue Jays team. And I had a buzzer mm -hmm. sound and I <laughs> had a dinging sound. like, And some people came up with some really... Uh, interesting things. Shapiro and Atkins like, texted in, and they were like, "You emptied the cupboards." <laughs> <laughs> no, it was like, "Oh, they're not wearing the third jersey enough." Yeah. What's the? What's, I love the third jersey, and that would actually, would actually be my be, Leafs complaint. Yeah, hundred percent. Too much that, of it. Yeah, that that reverse retro thing. Like, Yuck. Don't need to wear it ever again. I, I have you fulfilled yeah. your contractual obligations with whoever is the supplier of these jerseys? Because that would be <sighs> where I would start complaining about this Leafs team right now is never I, I again do I want to I was going to say see the Leafs in the jersey but I can barely see who they are in those jerseys yeah. so yeah get rid of them immediately so yeah anyways Leafs are good division is bad both things are true few things to complain about I really loved that they showed the Bieber it was Justin Bieber's birthday yesterday I want to talk about it just for a second because I need to break down this photo <laughs> by the way it's text line Tuesday so text yes. us 590-590 that's coming up uh, maybe shoot us a DM. Maybe complain about your, the Leafs. Find something to complain about. Yeah, you can do that. Now I kind of want to do that as a segment uh, at yes. some point. So um, ten thirty. Shoot us a text five ninety five ninety. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at JD Bunkus at Sportsnet Ben. You can always shoot me a DM. Uh, some of the Instagram DMs get so long, uh, but I do my best. I do my best. Those two things are true. Bieber. I want to talk about Bieber. That photo. <laughs> that photo, man. What just happened there? It's just, well, I was trying to remember where I was at. It was like, okay. it, it, I was, I, where I, am I, I in the story? I, I, I was like, do I help this guy? Like, is he done? Yeah. I, got, I was going to get there. I was going to get there. Right. I just want, I remembered it was Text Line Tuesday and we hadn't thrown it out. And I was like, yo, we should get to this. We should get to Text Line Tuesday. No, great job. Really, really well done. Thank you. I appreciate that. The Bieber photo is there. There could not be a more perfect guy hitting Justin Bieber in that picture, right? It's Chris Pronger. It's the dirtiest player of my childhood that had skill. Like it's not. It's not a fun photo if it's Chris Simon, right? 
It's a fun photo because it's Chris Pronger, and he's just he's enjoying it so much. The 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 pure joy on his face is hilarious. I actually my one thought I had when I was watching the broadcast and I saw them show that picture was I need to get a framed photo of that for my office. Like I need to have that in here somewhere because guy. it's just it's. I love Bieber. That's, oh, dude, the lamest thing you can be is someone who thinks Bieber sucks now. It's 2021. Get over it. Bieber won. There was He's a amazing. moment where it's like that was your only time. Yeah. No, and it's fine. that It's fine to have once hated Bieber, mm -hmm. right? It's fine. Hey, listen, who among us didn't on at one point Letterman. think Bieber was lame, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was uh... Now, if you're not into the Biebs, it's just your loss. You know, you're not living life to the fullest here. So you can – be that way, I guess. Just, you know, why would you want to live given your choice without a heart? <laughs> I just don't get it. Listen to the to the beeps. He's great. His face, the way it's smushed up, how uncomfortable he looks, how little effort it looks like it's taking pronger. <laughs> how he honestly is using it's one of those things where it's like it's a pinky, he's just using his pinky to push someone and and Bieber's just completely smushed. How uncomfortable he looks, how happy pronger is, how he holds him there for that extra split second. That's borderline, I don't want to say inappropriate, but just like that extra split second of where it's, hey man, this is not a fun anymore. That's a, one of the world's biggest pop stars. Could you imagine this was Drake, you know, in a basketball game? Like uh, Joel Embiid gives yeah. him, yeah, just, just hacks him hard across the face. No chance. It's Bieber, it's Pronger, it's his face, it's Bieber's face. It's just, it's such a good photo. I, I do a belly laugh. Like they showed it on the broadcast and it caught me I, belly laugh. I would say my two favorite sports photos of all time, because this was trending on Twitter the other day. Number one is Bautista bat flip still. There's just nothing. It will always make me feel a way that it puts me right back in that moment. It just will. It, uh, right away I'm there. And then number two is Bieber Pronger. Bieber Pronger is number two right behind bat flip. And it's, it's way, way, way closer than it should be. <laughs> Here's what I think. Yeah. Should probably be on money, and maybe you have to wait it's a little bit later, <laughs> later in their lives. Because so Bieber's a little too young to, I think, put him on money now. Uh, yeah, you, you got to wait till the potential of another serious scandal is out of the way. Like maybe in sixty years, we put that on the twenty-dollar bill. <laughs> you know, I think we, we should probably put monarchy. like Neil Young or Joni Mitchell on money before Bieber. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. He's I, down, it's but on he's the but, list. Yeah. It's on yeah, the yeah. list. It's <laughs> yeah. one we got to get to. Yeah, I think some people would probably uh, not be too pleased. Biebs beat Neil oh, Young. Well, yeah, no, we got to cater to those people. Forget it. Yeah. <laughs> when I'm in charge, that's going on money. Yeah, <laughs> okay, like... fine, fine. All right, text line is open, 590, 590. You can hit us up on Twitter as well, at Sportsnet Ben, at uh, JD Bunkus. Uh, all this week from 5 to 7 on Sportsnet 590, the fan, it's Arash Madani and Stephen Brunt, Madani and Brunt. I'm calling it. Guests today include Chris Rose, Chris Cuthbert, mm. and other Chris's. Check yeah. it out all week long. Tim and Friends debuting How many Chris's can you put on a show? Well, we'll find two. out. Yeah. <laughs> Tim and Friends is uh, on Monday, Sportsnet 590 The Fan, mm -hmm. and Sportsnet. Next guest was grinding the... Midnight oil. What are you burning the midnight oil? <laughs> he was working late night last night uh, on the broadcast because I don't know. Not every Leaf game against a Western Canadian opponent yeah. can be at seven o'clock Eastern. Anthony Stewart joins us of the NHL on Sports. friend of the show. What's going on, Stewie? 
Good, boys. I'm still at CBC. I just live here now. So I just uh, went down to the coffee machine, grabbed a coffee, and I'm back to uh, Elliot Freeman's dressing room. Nice. You ever try on other people's stuff? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I'm Goldilocks and the Free Bear. Everything's too small. (laughs) (laughs) I actually tried to wear Berkey's belt one time. It didn't fit. It was too small. (laughs) Tough. multiple notches. No, you couldn't uh, do the last yeah. notch. Yeah. No, but that would have been good. You know, you know what sucks is always the worst feeling is when you have to hand make a belt hole. You know, where you have to done be it. the one who does it. Yo, we've all done it. We've all so done I've it. Lost weight. Who I among us? Yeah. Who, who among us? No, the worst done. one is when they have to go get another belt and add it to the other belt and have an extendo <laughs> yeah. belt. So yeah. that's that's yeah. the territory that I'm in these days. Wait, is that a real thing? <laughs> extendo belts. Uh, extendo belt, yeah. It's, yeah it is now. Extendo <laughs> seat belts on yeah, airplanes. I've belt. seen that. You get the seat belt extender for sure. That's a real thing. Extendo belt. All right, so we're here. We're starting off with just like uh, hammering Stewie. One is like, yeah, I guess about extendo belts. But now it's like you picked Jack Hughes or, or Quinn Hughes, sorry, as the number one defenseman in the North Division because he plays on the power play a lot. What? What was that? Okay, guys, like, come on here. You know, these segments are sort of set to, to set somebody yeah. up every time. Yeah. So it's like, Elliot picked Darnell Nurse. Who am I going to pick? I'm sitting here in Leafs region. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. pick Morgan Riley. Who am I going to pick? Tyson no. Berry. Quinn Hughes no. has got 21 points. Yeah. Plays four and a half minutes. He QBs a power play at 21 yeah, years old. I think I had four and a half still. minutes a whole entire game, a uh, whole entire season one year on the power play. Quinn Hughes, I think. I know his plus minus and his five on five is not great, yeah. but I think he is the top defenseman. Who, who, what do you like, got? Hey. Who do you got? You sound like those Twitter guys. You just well, chirp, but yeah, you don't really have a response or a bubble. Who do you got? <laughs> no, I, here's the thing. I don't think it's bad if someone has the right answer and then you just double down on the right answer. And Elliot had it with Nurse, man. Nurse playing like 25 minutes a night. And you saw it even yesterday where he's one of the scariest dudes in the league. And now he's just way more confident with the offense. Like, we have him on in the next 10 minutes or after you. So, obviously, I'm going to choose him. But, yeah, I think he's better. And But right now, like, if you're going to say, hey, you got to win a hockey game. Do you want Jake Muzzin or Quinn Hughes? I'd be like, uh, this is a no-brainer of no-brainers. Like, yeah, uh, give, me, give me Muzzin all day, every day. Well, let's get that poll right now outside the Toronto region because if you ask Quinn, if you ask, would you rather have Quinn Hughes or Jake Muzzin? I think ninety percent will say Quinn Hughes. So we'll leave it at hey, that. Well, we can have a Twitter debate. Let's take the debate to I'll Twitter. Leave it at let's this. go. We'll yeah, and I'll leave yeah. it at this. I'll leave it at this. Uh, one guy's team is dominating every single night, and he's part of the top pairing. And the other guy is like, I guess he's playing four minutes of power play time a night. That's the case for Quinn Hughes. It's like, hey. Well, my I rebuttal is one guy wears a fishbowl, and one guy does yeah. not wear a fishbowl. Yeah, that's right. Because <laughs> Muzzin's out there cracking his face because he's, doing, he's putting it on the line. What's Quinn what do you Hughes want to tell done? me, man? What do you want to yeah. say? I work. Yeah. I just yeah. work here. I can't say yeah, Darnell. Right. Darnell's my boy. I'm already yeah. getting flack for pumping my boy Simmons' oh. tires here. You know okay, what I mean? So, so give me a well, break then, here. <laughs> Give us a question for Nurse, then. Give us something good. Give us Ask something him. You'll know this one. Ask him when's the last time he checked Jeff. So that's the saying amongst the hockey guys. We all have the same barber. So ask him when he checked. Okay. Last time he checked Jeff the okay, barber. All right. Cool. Got it. That's the last time you yeah. checked Jeff. He's going to be like, get... you guys aren't a part of this joke. Right. Uh, next <laughs> yeah. Is he going to give us something funny? He's going to be like, oh, cool. Yeah. Somebody told yeah. me to ask that. All right. Uh, yeah, I have yeah, no response. Yeah. There's yeah. five seconds of this interview. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'll never get back. Yeah. No, you're just going to hear him lean over to the PR guy. He'll be like, is this a joke? Like, I got to do this. These clowns. This is a good show. Yeah. Okay. Uh, actually, let me start with that because, yeah, you uh, – oh, man, that's so funny that 
you brought up the Simmons thing because I jumped on with our uh, with our buddies Sam McKee and Brent Gunning last night on their show, and we were talking about the Leafs and just things you know we're excited for in the second half. And I mentioned how Wayne Simmons can't be that far off. I, I think I said it's got to be around two weeks till he's back. You do know him. Do you know where he's at with his recovery right now? Uh, he said that he'll be back soon, so I'll leave it at that. Uh, he said he's doing a lot of rehab, a lot of uh, training, a lot of on-ice skating. So I think with him, what, he's he's one of these guys that's almost like a fitness freak. They nickname him the Spider because he can bang out like 150 chin-ups. He can bang out push-ups all day. So he's like a fitness freak. So I think when he comes, he doesn't want to come back and have to ease himself into it. He wants to hit the ground running and pick up where he left off. So I would not be surprised if he goes back and plants himself right back in front of the net and gets back to work. And, and picking up where he left off before. Yeah, man. And I guess the reason why I'm starting with that is, A, not only do you know him and can provide some insight, but B, is that Leafs were resting Matthews for the last two games. Like, he was in warm-ups, you know, he's taking morning skate and he's shooting the puck. And, yeah, I'm sure his wrist isn't 100%, but that's the sport, right? You're not 100%. You usually play. Uh, same thing with Muzzin the other day. They gave Muzzin a night off. Freddie Anderson's practicing, but they're letting him ease back in. And Hutchinson's been great and fine and all this stuff. But doesn't this kind of tell you something about the way the Leafs are treating this regular season now, just in terms of not that they're not taking every game seriously, but that the level of competition is such and that their lead is already so big that they don't mind giving guys an extra day here or there. Like, if this is the last week of the season, the Leafs are scrapping and clawing for a point, I think both Matthews and Freddie Anderson play last night. Yeah, I, I think so. But what what I like about Sheldon Keefe, what he's doing with this group, he's trusting his group, where I think in previous coaches, they'd be like, this is our group. We're going to go with these guys and everyone else. You just got to wait for decimation to even get an opportunity. Um, you know, guys like Patan are stepping in, doing a pretty good job. Engvall was in another lineup. He seems to be like a constant staple. Barabanov went from the press box to, you know, playing second line minutes. So I think now you, you have this team and group mentality where it's next man up, almost like the Raptors, where um, they're not relying on just certain guys. Hey, we need a, a Austin Matthews to drag us out of this. We need Freddie Anderson to play 940 hockey to have a chance. They're giving everybody roles and responsibilities, and that's the sign of a team that is poised to go on a Stanley Cup run, whereas before, if one thing went off, one thing was off, the whole wheels of the whole train basically fell off. So they have that next man up mentality where another guy's ready for an opportunity. Guys are itching to get in there and show what they can do and they're creating that competition. So that's why you can stay competitive and win games when you have one, two, I think what, up to four guys out of the lineup. And keep in mind now, uh, Nick Robertson still has to come back. Simmons will be coming back. Thornton's in and out of the lineup with some injuries too. But I'm more impressed right now because you were probably the main culprit here when Freddie Anderson went down. You were probably screaming in the mirror like uh, Macaulay Culkin in Home Alone once you found out Freddie was uh, Freddie was done Careful. for a while. <laughs> well, Careful. I mean, the organization Macaulay was Culkin pretty... thing's too real. I got called that a lot as a kid. And I, Is that I, right? I don't you do look, look like him. Like like I'll have a gift for that Freddy, later. Don't worry. No way. There's <laughs> yeah. no chance he looks like Macaulay Culkin. No, but I, I used mean, to get the organization... it all the time as a kid. All the time. Like, truly, the organization okay. told us pretty definitively at the beginning of the season when they're like, uh, we're basically bending ourselves into pretzels to keep Aaron Dell, to keep Michael Hutchison one goalie away from even being in the top three. He was the fourth string goalie that they didn't really have faith in him. And yeah, man, there's a reason to believe that. But hey, can't can't fault the guy. He's been outstanding this season. That was his best game of the year 
uh, last night. And according to you, Stewie, it has the Toronto Maple Leafs as a top three team in the NHL. That's where you got your leaf pop. It wasn't the, the Quinn Hughes thing. It was stepping over David Amber, like basically putting your arm in front of him to step out in front to say that the Toronto Maple Leafs, despite the inferior opposition that they played in the North Division, that they are a top three team in the NHL. That's where I'm at with this, too. I mean, we started the show with, hey, you can only play who you've got on the schedule, but that they're, okay, maybe not the best team in the NHL, but I don't know what you can point to this year to lead you to the belief that they're not in the same tier as a Tampa, as a Vegas, as those top teams in the NHL right now. Like you're telling me they're not better than the Florida Panthers, right? Who's playing, you know, they're riding a hot uh, uh, backup goalie and Bobrovsky's struggling a little bit. So I can honestly say, yeah, Tampa Bay's probably an overall deeper, better team, maybe the Vegas Golden Knights. But you're telling me that the Leafs can't beat a a St. Louis Blues team. Remember, they were their own worst enemies in these playoff series before. They didn't, you know, get beat. They beat themselves. They shot themselves in the foot and and having breakdowns and suspensions at the wrong time, too. But this team now, what, what they've added, the veteran leadership, guys that have been there that have gone a couple rounds um, they're playing good team defense everyone was saying I saw Nick Alberga's tweet yesterday what could go wrong with Hutchinson and Nett and is uh, Connor McDavid going to put up a five spot the answer was no because they're playing good team defense they're sticking to that system um, they got guys now that got their paychecks they got their term they got their money now it's time to start winning that's what they're worried about with this group now and they're showing that they can do it so it's not their fault they're stuck in the north division it's almost like the boxing debate saying well unless you're the heavyweight champ you're not the best uh, boxer in the world but these guys are probably the middleweights and they're probably the best uh, they're top three no doubt in my mind yeah man they're a good team and i i just think that the hand wringing over it is a little silly right now like even <sighs> i've been talking to people a lot a lot of people are worried about them getting complacent right they're going oh will the leafs get complacent will the leafs get complacent well first of all they still have i think eight games against the jets right so i have a hard time believing that they're going to be complacent in those games because they're going to want to put the Jets away and they're going to want to prove themselves against them as well. And then you're going to feel like every team down the stretch is going to be fighting for these playoff spots because it's going to be really tough for whoever is on the outside looking in. They've already gotten a bunch of the Ottawa games out of the way, like Montreal, Winnipeg, Calgary, and Edmonton are all going to be scratching and clawing. They're going to be measuring themselves against the Leafs. They're going to care about these games against the Leafs. So they're going to bring an effort. Like, you can probably testify this to better than anybody. Like... Dude, when other guys play hard on other teams night in, night out, I would imagine that it is harder to not match that intensity level most of the time. Yeah, but remember, what I just mentioned before now, you can't get complacent, especially on your bottom six, where they're rotating guys in and out of the lineup, right? We saw where Jimmy Vesey started at the beginning of the year. It looks like he might not even be in the lineup uh, next game because there's that competition and guys are stepping up and taking jobs where uh, in years past, it doesn't matter how good or how bad you did, you're either going to be stuck on this first line or you're going to be stuck in the press box or you're stuck where you are. So uh, Sheldon keeps creating that competition dynamic within this group that's keeping everybody accountable, that's that's pushing everybody right now right and everyone said oh wait till they play the segment against montreal wait till they go through their three four game segment against edmonton they pass that test yes they're probably going to go on a three four game skid uh but i think the key to this year in the 56 game schedule was not to do it four or five times out of the season so if they go through it two three times yeah that'll be fine but they passed that test where they they've gone through these three four game series and come out on top no and they're getting better too 
uh, and they've figured something out, I think, with that third line, which is kind of the talk of, of Leafs Twitter, of Leaf conversations, is that Mikheyev, Hyman, and I guess Engvall line as well, although Engvall is kind of... Your boy, your boy, JD. Yeah. <laughs> what what, what do you make? Is it, is it overhyped? <laughs> what, what do you think of that line? It's good. It's good because I, I love that. I, I'm a big fan. I'm not a big fan of the puck possession, but I like the fact that they're getting pucks deep and they're wearing guys down and they're playing that cycle game. I love that part of the game because um, it wears down the other team's opposition. And what it does now, it, it, it softens them up and it now creates more opportunities for your top six too, but they're getting rewarded for it now too. And, and Sheldon Keith mentioned he wants a line that can play physical and play the body. And, and that's the first time I think I've seen Engvall go to the net with a purpose on that Hyman goal in a long, long time. So it's good that they're buying in and they're getting rewarded for it because, you know, I was a guy on the fourth line. I would skate around for, you know, 10, 12 minutes a game. And, you know, if I got four hits, that was a good game. So to finally get some points and get rewarded for that, that's a great thing for them, but the Leafs as well. Yeah, man. I Okay, they're playing well. There's no doubt about it. And Engvall has looked good recently. And I don't, I've never been a believer that Engvall can't look good because we've seen it before. Like, of course he can. My contention is simply this with that line. Uh, like Benny in our lineup wrote, are they untouchable? Uh, I heard Elliot on the broadcast yesterday. I'm with him that the Leafs are in an all-in year. I've said it before. They're never going to have a better opportunity to win a Stanley Cup than this season. It's just it's not it's never going to happen again in the history of the franchise where the team is this good. There's this limited amount of teams that you're facing where you have a bad group of teams that you're facing where you have a pathway to the the semi or to the conference finals the way that they do. It's just this is a one off. So if you want to go into the Stanley Cup playoffs in a must win season with Pierre Engvall as your third line center, like be my guest. But I think that's probably way too risky for my blood. And if anything. Like, what this has taught me is, hey, nice. You might be able to move Pierre Engvall for, for something. You might be able to improve your team. Or he's just a really nice depth piece to have so that if you do have an injury and you ask him to fill in, he's showing that he's more capable of it. But I'm, I'm certainly not saying that he's going to be staying here in this role or that he should be having a 15-minute-a-night role on a Stanley Cup winner. Like, I, I'm just not going to ever be there. Can I respond? So you're basically, you saying, bring back, no. you're basically saying bring back Nazem Kadri is what you're saying there. Well, yeah, duh. Like, uh, <laughs> and and Kapanen too, right? No, I don't need a guy who is only scores when the net is empty, and he's got to look at it. Like that's uh, a guy who can't pass. Uh, <laughs> like, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. No, of course, but that's yes. Th that's the kind of move that would be the dream. Is yeah, Kadri's not coming back, but that if you could get a third line center with some bite and who could also score and, and drive a line, especially if you could put that guy between Hyman and Mikheyev, who all of a sudden Hyman has hands, and Mikheyev's yeah. looking at him going, dude, if I could just have a little <laughs> bit of that, that would be awesome. Uh, I, I think you'd have a really, You know really what the big, big line. problem with that is. You know what the big, big problem is that is, is you're describing the perfect guy, but to get him under two and two million bucks, that's impossible, right? And that's the problem oh, with. Really I'm not going back to the big four, but just with the salary cap problems, they cannot afford to pay a guy a premium amount that's going to fill that role. They need to get guys on the cheap, so that's why they're playing these musical chairs with the bottom six to find the right fit because they can't just go out and add, uh, you know, three million dollars or three and a half million dollar guy without giving up, you know, two or three other pieces, right? So yeah, that's well, the, the puzzle that the Toronto Maple Leafs are playing. I think that you're asking a team to eat some of the money, that you're paying a little bit more in draft pick capital or whatever, but also that if you are getting that guy, that player, 
that maybe you're trying to include Alex Kerfoot's salary into something as well. That if you're saying, well, what you want is a third-line center and you don't think that's Kerfoot, and you're not sure if he's a top-six winger and you need to go out and get somebody, and you also might have Nick Robertson who gets ready, who scored again last night, and that it's at least a potential that you have that move or you can move Hyman back up the lineup or, like, like I, I don't know. I, I think there's ways to get it done is all I'm saying. I, I do think that there are ways to get a little bit more creative even though they are up against it. But let's just enjoy the uh, the high that the team is on right now, and let's not get too low when the lows do come too. So let's enjoy it as opposed to playing armchair GM right now too. So far, it's 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 working. I think we could address it. They address it probably closer to that deadline. But keep in mind now, it's the stipulations of the border and the quarantine period. Are you going to be able to find that guy in uh, the North Division? Are you going to be able to wait a two week quarantine period for that guy now, uh, close to the deadline when you're trying to go on a run? So those are all those puzzle pieces that you have to put together. Together, I think it's be very, very difficult to get that guy. But again, at the same time, you are right. This is the year to get it done. So I think they won't stop at uh, at anything to get it done. But uh, let's enjoy it. Let's watch Pierre out there. Let's watch Kerfa. Let's watch them do their thing and enjoy the show. Hmm. They've had the down moment. This or, year, not. Below, below or not. Or not. <laughs> Senators was was as down as it's going to get. Hard to imagine it getting worse than that. No, it's awesome. It's like like I said, watching the '73 Warriors right now, especially in this division, uh, and the the 2018-2019 Lightning during the regular season, at least. Stewie, great job as always, and uh, yeah, way to stick to your guns on on Quinn Hughes. I appreciate it. All right, go Quinn Hughes, go. Yeah, your guns being that you only did it to make it good for TV. But sure, yeah, no, big guns. Yeah. Also, I can't wait for J.D. to embarrass himself when he says, when's the last time you checked Jeff to, to Darnell and him have no idea. <laughs> Thank you for throwing that. I'm going to see his face. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, what I time's he it. on? I'm going to be listening in. Next. All right, thanks for having me, guys. See you, bro. Anthony Stewart, um, agitator, friend of the show. Yeah, man. Uh, the third line looked great. Can't you say what I write in the lineup and then make fun of me for it if I don't bring it to the air? I also wrote right next to it, third line now untouchable, except for when they touched it. Like, in the game, they broke it up, obviously, in the middle of the game. And yeah, right now, it's currently constituted with the players that they have. I don't know why you wouldn't just run it back again. That's all that is. Mm. You disagree? Oh, is that all? Is yeah, that that's all? it. No, I, I've made my point. Oh, I, I don't want to beat a dead horse. I actually think Engvall is playing better than I thought he would. I've been impressed with Engvall the same as everybody else. He's been doing things lately. He's been doing the things that got him guy status. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, yeah. There's a I just think that when you're, playing, when you're playing between Hyman and Mikheyev, who are both extremely good at what they do, like, man, if Mikheyev was not... He did it again last night. The drive the net, get a partial breakaway and stuff it into the goalie's pads and not get a goal. And I think Luke Fox tweeted something like he's got two goals on 42 shots now at this point. And that's what it is. And I I think that there's a lot of those that are high danger. He's leading the NHL in shorthanded shot and not just attempt shots mm-hmm. on goal. If he starts to get just a little increase closer to the mean that line could really that that line could do some things the way that Hyman is playing and the way that Mikheyev is playing if you put someone in between them like that's my point 
Engval looks good. Engval is fine. But what's it like when you go from fine to good when it comes to a third-line center? What happens when you go from a step above Alex Kerfoot in terms of talent? It's why I, I wouldn't even hate the idea of just seeing someone like Joe Thornton there for a little bit. Like if they decide to go add a top six winger and they try to reconfigure the lineup or shuffle things around and just take a look at what he is there. Again, you do have room for experimentation. And I also think that the good thing about experimentation is if you are worried about complacency, if you are worried about guys taking shifts off or guys not being engaged enough, I've got to believe new line mates, a new responsibilities, that is a way of of keeping guys engaged. It's just also hard for me to believe that Joe Thornton chasing a Stanley Cup at the very end of his career with his best opportunities, like, I don't really have it tonight. Like, huh? No, he's fine. <laughs> he's not going to have a, too many games where he's looking around the room saying, guys, what are we doing after, right? They're in a pandemic. They're here to play hockey. That's their only thing they haven't proven anything in the regular season they've got an incredible makeup in the room and the division is going to be more competitive during the later parts of the season as teams feel that urgency of the playoffs approaching that's just what i believe and you don't want to mess with the sporting gods we see this time and time again that you let a team get into the playoffs at the end of the year or you give Mm -hmm. them a little bit of confidence and they get in and then all of a sudden you're Mm -hmm. locking horns with the Edmonton Oilers in the second round of the playoffs and they're giving you a run for for your money or knocking you out of the playoffs. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm I'm just enjoying the fact that there is not the life and death got to win every single night for Leaf fans. But yeah, for players, it's obviously different. I I don't think anything is going to change as far as the appearance of these games going forward. Um, in fact, I'm kind of hopeful for tomorrow's game being a little more physical between the Leafs and Oilers if the final seconds of yesterday's game are any indication. And again, Alex Chason has a meeting with the uh, disciplinary people, head of uh, NHL players. Uh, I forgot to ask Stewie that. I forgot to ask Stewie that. Well, I, I, I was... I, had a little theory I was going to float out there after last night's game, which is because the Leafs are going to be so much more talented than everyone else on any given night and that that's only going to ramp up, whether or not teams are going to start to try and test them physically over the next little bit and try to bully them and say, hey, we can't beat these guys skill-wise, so let's beat them with our fists and yeah. let's let's make sure because you've seen the Canadians try to do this with the hitting, right? That yeah. when they play the Leafs, they really try and lay the body. And now Claude Julien is not the head coach, so maybe that changes a little bit. The strategy becomes a little different, but that was a clear point of emphasis for them early in the season. Hey, when the Leafs, when we play them, we're going to hit them and we'll see how they respond. And I think they've responded pretty well so far this season. But you could see that ramp up. Again, as we're getting closer and the games get more meaningful and there's more urgency. And Darnell Nurse, who we're about to talk to, is one of the leaders of that team. And all night long, he was like, he leveled Hyman. And then he was going after guys at the end of that game. He was clearly trying to set the tone. Part of it is definitely, hey, to the teammates, we got to wake up next game. But part of it, too, I got to imagine is, hey, Let's see how these guys respond to this element. And I, I think they will be tested more. And part of it is also frustration. 
because this is a team that was supposed to press the Toronto Maple Leafs, and there were people writing, and rightly so, articles about them sweeping this three-game series and all of a sudden being at the top of the North Division. Seems like a lifetime ago, but uh, yeah, it was a reality. So we will talk to the Oilers defenseman, the guy that Elliot Friedman calls the best defenseman in this division, Darnell Nurse, next. Good show. Ben Ennis, J.D. Bunkus, Sportsnet 590, The Fan. So we're now seeing video of the chase on cross-check, which really isn't that bad. It is high. It's up on BC's head. It's pretty soft, but league's looking at it. Maybe he gets a game. That's probably it. But the game did get chippy at the end. And uh, the man leading the chippiness joins us now, Starnell Nurse, Oilers defenseman. What's up, man? How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good, buddy. Good. So, yeah, little. What what was the end of last game about? Like you hit Hyman earlier, really hard. You're obviously a physical guy. You obviously bring that as a part of your game. But was there a little bit of an added emphasis, maybe for your group as a leader, of hey, we're we're trying to wake up for the next one? Are you trying to test them physically? Like, what what was going on at the end of the game with the antics? The Leafs started to get a little lippy. What what's happening there? Uh, I don't know. If there's much, a whole lot to be made of. I think you know, there's a. 40, 30 or 40 seconds before a goalie gets hit in the head, stuck in the head. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we, we respond a little bit and it was like, why, why, why are you guys responding? So, um, I don't know. I think there's a, there's a few more things that go into it than just the end. I do, I do miss seeing your dad at games, watching you fight though, <laughs> when you fight. Like that's, like, that's as much as I, I'm like, oh, cool, Darnell, they're just going to fight. He's probably going to beat somebody. And then it's like, oh, but now we don't get it. Your dad should have to be a part of those, like, when they did the, the cameras and they, they gave people the camera set up at home yeah, and then the they juniors. put them on the Jumbotron. Yeah, yeah like yeah. yeah, like that. We should have during your games, like, if you do start to mix it up with somebody, your dad should just be, like, turn the ring light on and he sits in front of the TV and, and we get the reaction. I think that's only fair. It would really add to the experience. Yeah, I think it, it would it would add to the experience. I think that's uh, one we could put in the vault, though. I don't know if we're gonna. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he should at least be taping himself, and then yeah, releasing it through social media after the game at yeah. least. That we yeah, yeah something I mean, like a little a little controlled version of it. I think would, <laughs> would work better. That's still yeah. one of like purest hockey parent reactions that you'll ever see, and just conclusive proof that your kids are always your kids is your dad yelling that. I think he yells, "Beat his ass!" and he's like doing. The- <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> he's like yelling, yes. "Beat his ass!" <laughs> like, yeah. It's such a good clip. It's truly one of the best. Like I remember the first time I saw it, just immediately rewinding it on TV, going like, "Oh, this is so perfect. This is so good." So uh, yeah, man, uh, that's something that we're very used to when it comes to your game. But man. You're four goals off your career high, and you're 24 games into the season. I think you're just about halfway to your career high in points. Elliot Friedman on the broadcast yesterday said that he thinks that you're the best defenseman in the North Division. You're basically someone where the conversations as soon as Team Canada came up, people were like, hey, Darnell Nurse is now in that conversation. He's probably on that team if it starts today. What's what's changed for you this year, man? Like, I know that's probably hard to quantify, but... Do, do you feel something like an added confidence, the minutes? Like, is, is there something you can kind of attribute this this breakthrough to? Yeah, I think there was a – obviously coming into this year, we had, uh, you know, Clef not being able to come back. So there's uh, there's some some minutes that needed to be filled. And I I, uh, I knew that was a, it was an opportunity for myself to, you know, kind of take my game to the next level. I've always wanted to 
um, you know, be a guy who can play in all three situations and someone who's dependent on heavily in this league. And um, I, I viewed this year as, as an opportunity to kind of do that. And, you know, with the, with the condensed schedule, you know, you're playing every night. So, you know, kind of just getting into a groove and playing. And, you know, as, as years go on, you, you continue to, to gain confidence and, you know, study your game. And, you know, for, for myself, just learning, uh, you know, learning better when, uh, you know, when my game's clicking, what, what's going right for me, what, what kind of positions am I putting myself in. And that's, uh, that's kind of just, you know, how my game's evolved so far. And I think there's still a lot of room to grow, which is, which is exciting for me because I kind of want to push to really another level. But um, it, it's been a good start so far. It's kind of given me, given me something to build off of. How are you guys feeling just with the condensed schedule? Like we were talking to Danny Green the other day, and the All-Star break was coming up, and he just kind of mentioned this level of fatigue with you've got the added protocols. It's, it's just not a normal season where you get to relax the same way, take a little time off. Hockey, the product has been really, really good. Like the NBA, there's, there's been clearly a dip, especially recently, like as we get closer to the break. But, yeah, man, it's a lot of games, and it's not a lot of time and and I wonder how guys are managing that, or or what the general feel is. Yeah, I know. I know for our group, I think it's it's actually been a lot of fun. Just, I mean, you look around, you look around the world right now. There's not a lot a lot of things that are normal, and this like for us, this is like a, a form of normalcy. So I, I know we've been really enjoying to to come to the rink every day. And, I mean, there's there's nothing better than than uh, you know not practicing too much and playing a bunch of games. I find like I, you know you just go out there and play. And, and enjoy the game itself so i mean it's uh you know from a fatigue level i think we've managed it really well and um you know our staff's been great and giving us opportunities to, to get our gas back uh when we're playing a lot of uh a lot of games over over a short stretch and uh, i mean I, I think it just just needs to continue when you're when you're focusing on you know taking care of your body and uh you know making sure that we're ready for the, for the next game i think as long as our our focus and our focus and attention stays there. I think uh, you know we, we should be good throughout uh, the condensed schedule. Talking to Darnell Nurse, uh, part of the schedule is also yeah getting a bunch of games against one team. You got still one more in this series against the Leafs tomorrow, uh, and then you'll be through seven of nine against that Leafs team. But we mentioned the physicality at the end of last night's game, and it was something we we talked about previewing the season. How the bunch of games against the same team is it going to feel like a playoff series? Have you felt that? Has it added an added physical element to these matchups, seeing the same team over and over again? Yeah, I think it definitely adds. Um... It definitely adds to that aspect, especially when, I mean, a lot of times you're used to those one-offs, right? And now, you know, you could someone get hit or slash the game before, and they don't really forget. And uh, you know, now we're playing a team three, three games in a row. We have this this a couple times, but so it really is a mini series, um, and, and you kind of build up that, uh, you know, that, that distaste for the other team. And I think uh, that's kind of what's what's made some of these um, series really exciting uh, because it, it really adds that, that element a lot of times you know you play the Leafs twice in a year so you don't you don't know much about the team um, you go you go in there and you want to you steal one in Toronto I'm sure they come in and they want to steal one in, in Edmonton but you don't know much about the team this year it's it's completely different because we're playing each other so much so and, and that goes with every other team that we're playing um, even uh, even the teams out east that we don't play so often so it's uh, it, it's been fun. It's been you know, it, like I said, it's a lot of games, and it, it comes. It's been going by pretty fast. But I mean, 
as long as this intensity keeps up, I think uh, as a player, any player playing in these type of situations, uh, you really enjoy it. Yeah, we're talking to Darnell Nurse. And, yeah, normally when the Leafs play the Oilers, there's some added juice because either guys like you who are Ontario guys are in the building and you've probably given out a ton of tickets and everybody's there, and so that adds something to it. Or it's back in Edmonton where all of a sudden the, like, fan makeup is closer to 50-50. There's a lot of Leaf fans in the building, and there's always just, like, a weird energy when the Leafs come to town in Canada. Like, it's it's all the rinks because of just the, the fan makeup. There's, like, an added tension to it. Now it's all within the teams because you're playing each other so many times. But So one of the focuses for our show, and I know that this is, like, a sports media thing and a sports hype thing, but it's also a player thing. Like, you guys are at the top of the standings, and so are the Leafs. You're right there. These games are super important. Leon Dreisaitl had a quote earlier in the year about, you know, beating Toronto and, and feeling like you guys were, like, right there with them. This series has obviously been big. Um, there's been a lot of Matthews and McDavid buzz this year because both guys have been incredible, and we're now comparing the two a lot more. Like, we, we talked to our buddy Colby Armstrong about those Sid and Ovi games uh, when he was younger and how there would always be kind of just this different vibe in the room before the games, knowing that there was going to be the individual rivalry, but also the team rivalry. Like, are you able to describe that? Is there, like, kind of that added element now that doesn't come with the fans, doesn't come with the geography, but comes with just, like, where your two teams are at and the two guys that are leading each group? Yeah, I don't know if I can speak so much to the the individual one, because I haven't, in, in all honesty, I haven't really noticed that dynamic, but the team, you know, yeah, when you know we're sitting second, they're sitting in first. Like that, that dynamic is picking up really fast. I think it's a team that uh, you know we we feel uh, we feel that we are more than capable of, of of getting on the right side of the board against. Um, but they're a good team, and I think that's that's what makes it makes it exciting. And and uh, you know, tomorrow's a tomorrow's a challenge. Right? It's not often that you go into two games and you get shut out two games in a row. And uh, it's a ch- challenge for our group for sure, but one I think that uh, we're, we're really excited about because you know we, we need to continue to prove the you know type of team that we are, and I, I think uh, we have all the all the all the confidence in the world, and that's uh, you know that that's what makes these these games fun, and I mean that's that's another part of this whole you know you play a team nine times, and uh, you know it's the teams that you're really close close to in the standings. Those are the games that mean the most, and you know right now that's. Uh, the last and the least. Yeah, and I don't think anyone's wagering on you guys getting shut out for a third straight game, considering how much firepower there is on that team. But yeah, it's obviously an added level of import going into these games, considering the standings. And this Leafs team looks pretty put together defensively. Has anything surprised you about these these games in particular? How do you feel like you match up against this Leafs team, considering these two games and how they've gone? Yeah, I mean they've they've, they've checked well over, over the last two games, not giving us many opportunities. And we've had when we've had opportunities, I mean the the goal has been really good. So um, yeah, I think I think uh, I, I really believe in our team to be honest, and I, I think uh, I think we match up well against anyone in in this division in this league. So um, I'm never gonna never gonna shortchange what I what I feel about our team, and and I think uh, you know we just gotta keep gotta keep playing. It's not. Uh, like I said, there's there's ups and downs over the course of a season. We just went through a long stretch of a lot of ups, and uh, now we're now we're facing a little bit of adversity. I think uh, any, any team that has success in the league, they got to face that adversity head on. You can't uh, 
can't dwell on it. You can't, you know, let it uh, build more and more. And that's, uh, that's the challenge we have ahead of us. So you said, you know, you can't really speak to the individual rivalry stuff, but let's try anyway. You know, McDavid and Matthews, like they train together this off season. You guys are at the top of the standings. There's just this all this buzz about Matthews this year. Oh, Matthews is taking a step. He's closed the gap between the two. And and by like there's all these headlines, I mean like our show. Like we say these things all the time. Um you don't think McDavid cares a little bit more? Like he's not paying attention? Like he conspicuously has that hat trick right after Matthews has a game where we're all talking about Matthews on the same Saturday night. Like there's no TV on in the room. Nobody points it out. Nobody says anything about Matthews. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's a he's a great player, and uh, yeah, he is yeah. really great. <laughs> Some say the greatest he's, player. Some. Yeah, he's uh, <laughs> he's a he's a really good player. So, uh, yeah, no, I mean, there's a there's that that's what makes this division pretty cool. You have a lot of, a lot of firepower in it. And, yeah, I mean, it's it's fun. I mean, we keep watching it. So you didn't get to like he hasn't played the last two games, but what what is the focus when you play prepare to play Austin Matthews? Um, you know, I, I just know him as you know he's a, he's a shooter, real real good shot creator, um, and you know he's got he, I think he's pretty underrated defensively in his ability to strip pucks and um, you know create offense off of uh, off of turnovers. So he's uh, he's a special player and. Um, He's uh, obviously, like you said, he's had a lot of success, and it's uh, it's good you guys get to talk about him every day. We do. And you're 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 choosing your words so well. Congratulations to you, Darnell. Well done so far. Uh, let's see if you can continue because we're almost done with you. But uh, talking to Darnell Nurse, Oilers defenseman. Um, yeah, he didn't play obviously in yesterday's game, but uh, the guy that we're going to continue to compare him against did. And he, despite not hitting the score sheet, had another one of those spectacular end-to-end rushes where he. Uh, like, there's nobody in the NHL who takes the puck like basically at their own goal line, and you're like, oh well, this is going to end up with a shot on goal at the other end, mm-hmm. like knowing as soon as he touches in the, the puck, crease. Like, yeah, you know that that's going to happen. It's it's insane. It's not the way the sport is supposed to work, but he does it. Uh, what's it like as his teammate to, to to watch that, and can you imagine how you would defend it on the other side? Yeah, it's pretty uh, it's pretty incredible, the, the things that he, he does on a nightly basis. And, um, you know, you, you find yourself almost once a night, like, yeah, how do you just get out of that situation? Um, you know, it could be in the middle of five people and all of a sudden on a partial breakaway. So he's... Uh, it's a pretty fun dynamic. I mean, like you said, there's not many people in the league that can pick up the puck uh, below their own goal line, and all of a sudden it turns into a, a two-on-one or a partial break. So it's uh, it's fun to play with, and, and um, you know, every once in a while you just drop the puck back to him in, in the corner, and you get, that, you get an assist, so that's kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> and then, <laughs> I mean, I mean defend, defending against it, it's, I mean, you see it night after night. All different types of defensemen that play different ways. He he seems to have an answer for you know everything you kind of throw at him. So it'd be tough. Uh, it's nice to nice to have him on our team. We get to go against him in practice uh, daily and try to try to surprise him with some different things. But he's uh, he's special and and we're we're very lucky to have him here. Yeah, man. There's just I I I always wonder like when guys are on the ice because when you are watching on TV, there's like a spellbinding nature to it, right? Where it just, you zone out and watch it for a second. And he Mm -hmm. has the puck, but I just, I kind of wonder if it's the same thing even when you're playing where you almost have to snap out of it. Like it's a trance when you watch him do those things. 
Yeah, I think if you're on the bench, I mean, sometimes yes. you have an excuse when you're on the bench, right? You can watch them, yeah. but <laughs> yeah, see, yeah, we sit back and watch it on the ice because the white they come back at you. But yeah, he's uh, yeah on, on the bench every once in a while. You just watch him do something, and guys, you just look down the bench, and everyone's kind of looking at themselves. We're just up. Yeah, man. And again, it's it is great that you do get to practice against them. You know. It's probably great preparing against the second best player in hockey to prepare for the best one when Austin Matthews comes back, which he, you know, he might tomorrow, which will be awesome. Like, I can't wait for uh, that game. I hope that you guys end up playing. Oh, we have to ask you before you leave. Anthony mm-hmm. Stewart was on before you. He, he wants us to ask you. This was his question that he chose. When's the last time you checked Jeff? Oh, I, <laughs> I haven't been able to check Jeff because uh, of the pandemic, so yeah. I got my own clippers at my house. I've been keeping it super tight. So <laughs> that's, uh, I'll be checking Jeff when I get back home. All right, cool, man. Hey, Darnell, thanks for making time for us today, man. This was fun, and congrats on having a great season, dude. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks, Take care, Darnell. man. There's Darnell Nurse, Oilers defenseman. That went about as well as you could have expected, that final question. Teammates to the second-best player in the North Division who matched Austin Matthews. you got to be proud when you match Austin Matthews in points over two games, man. It's not an easy thing to do, and Connor McDavid did that over the last couple. How confident were you that you were going to be the only guy with that tweet when you did it last night? <laughs> no? 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 It's a good one. It's a good one. Why did it do it good? All right. <laughs> But yes, he did. He matched Austin Matthews, who had not played in the last two games, had uh, some incredible moments, definitely had a moment where you thought, man, that's going to be on the highlight reel of goals that we've seen this year if he ends up beating Michael Hutchison, except Michael Hutchison is prime Patrick Wall right now. Yeah, so uh, I wanted to keep saying those things about Matthews to Nurse because I want him to care, and I want them to care, and I want that to be a thing so badly. Like, I want so badly for something to get clipped or anything like I don't care just clip it I I want Connor McDavid to score a bunch of goals against the Leafs and have this thing where the two of them are going back and forth in a different way like yeah I just it's so important I think to hockey and so important to this season that those individual rivalries matter just like the team rivalries it's so fun man hockey's such a more enjoyable sport when you have the Gretzky Lemieux Sid versus Ovi thing so sorry to those guys that this is the way that it is I'm sure that there's an element of them that's like I remember Sidney Crosby on Spit and Chicklets talking about how when he and P.K. Subban were going after each other in the postseason, the way that Subban made some stuff more like the Listerine thing bothered him in a way because he just wanted to focus on the game and not the media attention. Like, too bad. That's part of the deal. And, yeah, I, I sort of think, and I'll even add to it, when Darnell's like, I don't want to talk about the, the individual rivalry, and he basically ignores it and poo-poos it and says he can't speak to it or that Matthews is a good player, like, that's it. It's like, yeah, you know why? Because that matters. Because you do care. Because you do know. He's from Ontario. He's heard those same things. Like, they've played them a bunch of times. And if Matthews can get back in the lineup tomorrow, which I hope he can, man, I really do. Like, it's just so much more fun watching Austin Matthews play than not, no matter how they get these wins, that... You feel that energy in there, that these two teams care not only because they're fine for the top of the division, but that they're caring because they want to get it done for their guy, and they want it to be either conclusive in McDavid's teammates' case or a question in Austin Matthews' teammates'.
I thought the same thing when he was saying that, that it's like, mm-hmm. you're obviously sensitive to this issue. Why are you sensitive to it? Mm-hmm. If it's really, truly nothing. Right. Laugh it off. If it's nothing, man, we should have put yeah. it, actually, we should have played the is this anything for mm-hmm. Darnell Nurse. Is it anything that you said that it's nothing? Like, it's obvious. Yeah. Before it was nothing. <laughs> we're like, it is yeah. possible that Connor McDavid is also hockey robot, does not think about outside noise, but you're like, Man, I cannot breach the sanctity of the dressing room where we talk about it daily, how much he yeah. hates the headlines that Austin Matthews is getting. And, yeah, they're friends or whatever, but he's getting barbs and text messages every day from Matthews. He wants to shut him up. Guy looks frustrated. All I have to say about the Matthews-McDavid debate is this. Do you think Austin Matthews – how many shots did McDavid have last night? Four? Uh, I'm going to say, uh, well, no, it was six. That's a lot. <laughs> it's if Austin Matthews if Austin Matthews gets six shots on Michael Hutchinson, hmm. does he go without a goal? Hmm. I, yeah. Just Edmonton fans, just yeah. Edmonton fans listening to this right now because you tuned in for Darnell Nurse. Ask yourself that question. Six shots, four at least clean on Michael Hutchinson for Austin Matthews. How many goals? Well, I would think at least one. In fact, I thought at least one oh. for Conor McDavid. That's why I oh, wagered I on him to score at least a goal at plus 100 yesterday uh, and also mm. the over. Uh, six and a half goals, which mm. looked good after the first period, and also the Oilers to beat Michael Hutchison, which are all three big-time losers. So I'm the wrong person to ask. Mm. It's a major Just a fail. <laughs> yeah. Just a thought. Just a thought yeah. for those of you out there that don't think it's a debate. That don't think that it's even close.